Okay. Good morning. Good morning. The Ta'anit of Gedaliah, uh, Tzom Gedaliah, is actually, the story happens in the end, we find in the end of Yirmiyah, where it talks about what happened in the final, in the final stages of the Galut of Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar destroys Yerushalayim. He drives everybody out. And his, uh, his number one, his first man in charge, is Nebuchadnezzar. That's his name. That's his chief executioner. All right? And he puts him in charge of a lot of the various things. And we, in the Gemara, we have a lot of elements that we learn and that we read about this fellow Nebuchadnezzar, what he did and how he destroyed the temple and elements of the cruelty that were, that were present there. <clears throat> but if you open up Yirmiyah in chapter 40, you'll find that uh, they decide to make Gedaliah ben Ahikam the governor of the remnants of Yerushalayim. So you have people who, in the, all of these, ter- in the terrible time of the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash, so you had the people that lived there, but also many people that kind of emigrated from the towns that had been destroyed where they lived. They came back to Yerushalayim. Um, and, uh, and he became the person that was in power. Now I'm just going to read the, uh, the line here. It's very, it's fascinating actually. <clears throat> Don't worry about being subservient to the Kasdim, which was the nation of Nebuchadnezzar. Because he's put me in charge and he's told me, he's, he's told me that we're going to be safe over here. You could serve this king, you could be servants to, uh, or subservient to Nebuchadnezzar, and don't worry, he's going to do good. He'll do good with you. And I'm going to live over here. And I'll stand in between the Kazdim. And you should all gather things together and move into and, uh, and move back into the city. So it was, in a certain sense, it was the first return to normalcy for the Jewish people after such devastation and destruction. <clears throat> anyway, there's a, a fellow called Yishmael. Where we go, we turn, you, you, you continue on in the next page. And we read about a fellow whose name is Yishmael. There's, a, there's people that are friendly with Gedaliah ben Ahikam, and there's people that are against him. Yohanan ben Kareah is on the side of Gedaliah. He's loyal to Gedaliah. And, and him and all the Sareah Chayalim, all these officers, um, they hear that something is going on, that there's a king whose name is Baalis, the king of the Bnei Amon, he was a rival king to Nebuchadnezzar, and he was very worried that they would attack the city uh, through coming through Yerushalayim. So therefore, they didn't want Gedaliah to be there, and they sent someone to kill him. Shalach et Yishmael ben Netanyahu hakot chanafesh. He's coming to kill you, and don't greet him and don't allow him to come to your city into your area because that's his intentions are to wipe you out. Benachikam did not believe the reports that were given to him by Yochanan ben Kareach. And he, did, he felt that it was Lashon Hara and, you know, unsubstantiated. And therefore, I'm not going to treat this guy any different than I treat anybody else. <clears throat> because this guy is trying to come kill you, Maybe I and some of our officers are, that are loyal to you, we should go and kill this guy before he comes and kills you. 
No one's going to know. Why should this person be able to come and kill you, destroy you, uh, hit your soul, so to speak? And all of the people from Yehuda, from the Jewish people that have gathered here, um, that, that you've gathered to you, they will all be lost. And the remnant of Yehuda, the last remaining few people here living in Eretz Israel, will be lost. He says to him, Don't do it. You're speaking an untruth about Yishmael. He didn't want to believe it. The seventh month, Yishmael ben Netanya comes, ben Elishama, he was from a Davidic lineage, he was from the, the seed of David HaMelech, and I think the reason why the Pasuk is communicating it is because he felt that Gedaliah, or Gedaliah, he had no right to be the leader of Am Yisrael because he wasn't from the line of David HaMelech. But Virabeh HaMelech ve'asara anashim, he taught with ten men with him, but they obviously were warriors, as we'll see. They come to Gedaliah ben Achikam and Mitzpata, Vayochlu Sham Lechem, they're eating food with him in his house, in his, in his domain, Yachdav ba Mitzpah. Vayakum Yishmael ben Netanyah va'asereta anashim. Yishmael ben Netanyah and the ten men that are with him, they get up, Vayakuet Gedaliah ben Achikam ben Shafan ba'cherev. They kill Gedaliah. Vayamet oto ha'shef kida melech ba'vel ba'aretz. Which is, again, this is a disaster because Nebuchadnezzar, who was the powerful king at the time, of uh, the vast majority of the entire area. Now, the person he appointed was just murdered by the Jews. So that's obviously going to be taken as a sign of rebellion. All of the people that were with Gedaliah in Mizpah, everyone that was there, they also killed. Now it's the second day, everybody's dead, but nobody knows. Eighty people come who are, they've, they've shaved their beards, their clothing is ripped. They're, they're in mourning for everything that's happened at the temple, etc., etc. And they have sacrifice, they have a mincha and levona, the frankincense, they will put on the mincha to bring a korban. In the house of God. Yishmael ben Netanyah comes out towards them. He's walking and he's crying as if he's in mourning over what happened with, uh, uh, what's it called? With either with the, the Khurban or with Gedaliah. Come to Gedaliah ben Achikam. Once they got into the city, listen to the word. He slaughters them. Into a pit. 80 people now. And now he's killed and thrown into this, into this pit. Okay? It's a disastrous story. <clears throat> and then there's 10 remaining men at Vashanim Tzubam, and they tell Yishmael, please don't kill us. We have treasures that, we, that you don't know about, that if you let us live, we'll, we'll, let you, we'll give you. And he lets them live. Now, I think the reason why the Pasuk is giving you this, this last bit of information about these ten people that he let live is because if you could have thought 
that this man was a just man, that he was doing it because he felt that they were hayav mitah, because they were moredim malchut, because they weren't from the line of D- David. Someone who's not from the line of David that take, or takes or seizes power for themselves, that's considered a rebellion against the kingdom, the Jewish kingdom. So if you would have thought that he was doing it, l'shem shamayim, recognized that as soon as they said to him, we have some treasure for you, ten, the ten guys, he, was a, he flipped it and he said, okay, good, good, I'll let you live if you show me the treasure. Now, the question I want to ask you after that entire setup is, it's a very strange thing. Number one, have there never been stories where people led rebellions and people were killed? Of course they have. Has it never happened that a Sadiq was killed? Of course there has. Not only that, there's Sadiqim that were bigger Sadiqim than Gedaliah, that we don't have a, spe- a specific fast day for that, the fact that that Sadiq was killed on that day. So why is it that specifically Gedaliah ben Ahikam, we have a tzom for him, not only that, that tzom falls out in Aseret, he made Teshuvah, right? What's going on over here? So my rabbi, he gave one beautiful insight, Rav Berkowitz, he said something magnificent. He said that it's very important to understand the underlying theme of the story of Gedaliah. Of course, there were many times where people were killed. But the reason why we have Som Gedaliah, he said, is not because Gedaliah was killed. Of course, that's the tragedy that we're mourning. He says what we're mourning is something, and we're trying to draw focus to, is something that is incredibly urgent during the days of He says what we learn from this story is not to be naive. Now again, let me explain what that means. Here's a man, Yochanan ben Kareach comes. He tells you there's a guy who wants to kill you. He says, should I go kill him first? So maybe, I understand, you might want to say, I don't want to believe you. It's hara. I'm not going to believe you. But the line that we say, when someone tells you someone's out to get you, what's the halakha by lashon hara that is unsubstantiated, that you're not allowed to believe, still we say the halakha is kabdehu v'chashdehu. Respect the guy. Don't, uh, don't think badly about him. But still, chashdehu, you should also, don't sequester yourself alone with it. Don't invite the guy to eat bread in your house if they, they're telling you that he wants to kill you. I'm, fine, you don't want to kill him first because maybe it's not true. I hear that. But to take, to let that in your house, how could you do that? Don't you know what's going to happen? That idea, he said, that, na- that naive element of Gedaliah and Ahikam that he trusted him when he should not have trusted him in his house with the keys to his house and with the keys to his soul um, is something that's very, very important to us as well. Because you know, a human being needs to strike a very, very fine balance. I'll give you an example. Who has a better life? Someone who lives a life of negativity or one who lives one of positivity? Positivity. In fact, we're always telling you a person is not supposed to be sad. Rav Nachman used to you know, say, Mitzvah gedolaliot b'simcha. I don't know if it's one of the 613 mitzvot, we know that it's a mitzvah to do mitzvot b'simcha. That's why some people sing the song, Simcha Gedola Liot Mitzvah, not Mitzvah Gedola Liot Simcha. So it's a great Simcha, joy to be in a Mitzvah, not necessarily that it's a Mitzvah to be in a Simcha. However, even if it's not a Mitzvah from the Torah, the Oraita, we find many, many instances where the concept of being joyful is talked about positively in, the, in Chazal. As an example, to, uh, we have an obligation in Pekah Avot to greet every person with a smile on our face. We hear the Gemara that tells us about Eliyahu and Avi. They ask Eliyahu and Avi, who in this whole area is going to uh, Gan Eden? Who is a Ben Olam Abba? 
And he says these two guys, the two jokers in the community, that every time someone had a, a what's it called, they were upset about something, these guys would wait, you know, would always have a joke and a laugh and raise their spirits. So you find that there's an idea that it's a special thing. So you think it's obvious that someone who has a positive outlook on life, that's the way to go. And that is 100% true. Except your positivity can't lead you to be naive. Yeah, of course, everything's great. I, I've, con- I've confidence, self-confidence, a beautiful thing, right? It's a beautiful thing until your, your self-confidence runs amok and it becomes some sort of cocky, you know, uh, arrogance that I will be okay. Gedaliah ben Achikam welcomes something into the house that he should not have. Rabotai, but that's also true for us as well. You know, a lot of times a person feels like, you know what, I have a certain religious level where I'm at. It doesn't matter if all of my friends are on a much lower religious level. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I'm impervious to the fact that my friends are making fun of me for being the religious guy in the group. No, you're not. Does that mean you should drop your friends? Has v'shalom. But there's a way to enjoy, to respect somebody, but still to recognize that something might be doing damage. You're naive if you think that you're going to go into a situation of, uh, of Avera, of Isur, and be tempted and get, uh, go walk out unscathed. The Gemara says that a person who could walk a certain way with his avonot on the road, it's talking about uh, things that are adulterous. The guy's walking on the road and there's all these sorts of women on the road. If there's no other road, says the Gemara, and he looks down and he doesn't look up the whole time to see what's going on with these lecherous women in, the, in this uh, Gemara, he's called the tzaddik. But what about someone who goes down that road with all of these Averot on the side of the road? Maybe 42nd Street in its its day. You go down 42nd Street, but you could have gone down 43rd Street. The Gemara says that guy's a Rasha. The guy's going to say, Rasha, what do you mean? I didn't look. I should get double reward. I went down the street and I didn't look. The Gemara says, no. How do you know you weren't going to look? You can't know that. The Gemara also, the same Gemara that tells a person that you're supposed to believe in, also says, You have to recognize, we have to recognize our faults and our failings and our challenges. Don't welcome that into the house. It's going to kill you. And not only is it going to kill you, it's going to kill all the people that are hanging out with you. Your children, your family. These types of things. You know, a lot of times people talk about the influences various things that happen in the community. And they don't realize the power of those things over us. So I spend a lot of time talking about, you know, spending excess amounts of money on parties and on this, and going crazy, going beyond. You want to enjoy? Fadal, enjoy. Great. Enjoy the blessing HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you. But to be in a situation where every party has to outdo the next one, you know, and you think, you say to yourself, no, no, it's fine. There's a reason why that's not a good thing. The fact that the kids pick that up, people think, no, 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 not my kids. What do you mean not your kids? Are your kids not human? Of course they are. You bring that in the house, it's going to kill you. You understand? People, under, they, they, mis, under, they misread the concept of some of the Isurim of Hazal. Hazal will tell us, you can't do this. Because if you do this, then you're going to do this. You do that, the guy says, I'm going to do it, I'm not going to. And that's not going to happen. You know who we learned this from? From Rabbi Ishmael, one of the Tanaim, the great Tanaim. The halakha is a person is not allowed to learn le'or haner, by the light of the candle. Not allowed to learn by the light of the candle. Why? Says the Mishnah, shema yateh. Maybe you'll take the candle, 
it's a little bit dim over your book. So you'll take the candle, you'll bend, you'll turn the candle this way, and that, the way the person's doing it is the Isur of Havara on Shabbat, of lighting a fire on Shabbat because of the way he's doing Or you want to let, you want, you know how sometimes it pulls all the wax or the oil pulls there? You dip it out so the fire burns brighter. The guy, Shemayate, says to be Ishmael, I'm going to study and I won't tilt the candle. I'm a Sadiq, I'm a righteous man. So I know that the reason why the rabbi said it was because of this. I'm going to do what the rabbis told me not to do, and they're worried I'm going to get, I'm not going, I'm not going to sin. What happened? He starts learning, gets very involved. What does he do? He tilts the candle. And he's the greatest Sadiq, and he makes that mistake. Chazal knew what they were talking about when they instituted these safeguards for us. Now, we, in our own lives, in our own circumstances, we can identify things that are problematic. We can identify people that are problematic. Doesn't mean that you cut the guy off, you show him disrespect. No, not at all. You don't, like exactly in the story, you don't kill him. But you also don't bring him in your house. Someone is a very bad influence for whatever reason. I had a guy once, he told me there was someone that came to his house, and in his house, the guy was doing drugs in his bathroom. You understand? You know that that's with the guy. So don't invite him to your home. You want to go out, and you know you want to go out with him. You don't spend. You have a slice of pizza, fine. But recognize the danger, and don't think that it's you are impervious to that thing. This concept is therefore such an important idea to learn during Aseret that we instituted the psalm to be able to take those lessons and understand that look, even a great sadiq. Look, unfortunately, sometimes what could happen when a person is not being real with the things that go on around them, with the challenges that go on around them, with the difficulty of mitzvot. You know, you have people every year, they tell you, say, Rabbi, this year I'm going to come to Minyan more. Did they come to Minyan more that year? They don't. Why? Because they're not being realistic. What is going to be different this year to last year? If you couldn't get up last year, why are you be able to get up this year? If you decided that from now on, I'm going to go jogging at 6 o'clock in the morning and I'm going to jog from my house to the shul and I have a jogging partner. That's making a plan to change. If you didn't make a plan to change, why in the world would you think that this time is any different? What do we call that in Albert Einstein? The definition of insanity is to do things the same way as you've done them before and to expect different results. You're doing it the same way you did it before. Why would you expect different results? It's just being naive. Naive teshuvah is not beautiful. It's silly. So what's the plan? How am I going to get around this problem? I recognize that this is a weakness that I have. Everybody has weaknesses, myself included, Rabbi Friedman included. Even a giant of morality and wonder, you know, wonderful mito, even like Rob. Everybody has. Nobody's perfect. Are you perfect? Am I perfect? Are you perfect, Rab? Nobody's perfect. It's okay to admit that you're not perfect. So now that you're not perfect, what are you going to do about the things that you're doing wrong? How are you going to set it up that it won't be the same story again and again and again and again? And again, what a message for us to make the Hashem, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. Rubbish. Why are you not going to do it? Of course you're going to do it again. Elamai, unless the person figures out some sort of way, some sort of road, some sort of protection that's going to help make things different this time. Bezat Hashem, we should be zocher to a new shana, 
a new year, a shana tova. The word shana also doesn't just mean a year, it also means a change, a good change. Shana tova means a good change. What's a good change? A change that has a chance of sticking. Baruch Adonai Amen ve